Hello. I have an invitation to tea with the Queen. Yes, Emma's been expecting you. Please come in. I think that we just massively underestimate, especially as women, our own capability and awesomeness. And it, it's changed. It's changed my life completely. Yeah. Sometimes I think you go through this journey as a business owner and think you're a bit crazy. You're like, who am I to have this dream? Well, I just think women are hard on themselves. I wish I had been more confident in what I was capable of. But I feel like you do what feels right for you, then that's going to be always on brand. Women, our natural inclination is to be pleasers and to put other people before self. I've never had a tea with the Queen before and this is such a pleasure. (laughs) Hello, I'm Emma McQueen and welcome to Tea with the Queen. When you hear the word health, what does that mean to you? Is it what you eat? Is it what you do? Is it your mindset? Do you even think about your own health? Or are you so busy looking after everyone else that you don't have time to take care of yourself? Stacey Lapira wants you to just stop for a second and find some time for you. She founded Mummy Revival, a holistic program for women to be the best version of themselves. Her community of like-minded women has become immensely popular as she leads them through a journey of nutrition, fitness and compassion. Today's episode could be your first steps down the path of better health and well-being. Stacey, welcome to Tea with the Queen. It's so lovely to have you here. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Well, I just thought I would tell a little story because Stacey and I met have met a couple of times in real life. The first time we met, I was doing a speaking gig and Stace was in the audience. And then a mere five years later, (laughs) we met. But I had my sister over from Western Australia and we were at the hot springs one day and it was a raining, miserable day. And we decided to find a hot springs pool that no one else was in. So we jumped in and we're just chatting away. And then this beautiful couple comes up. Hot looking as well, might I say. <laughs> and um, and the husband goes to us, oh, we're just going to ruin your party. And we're like, yeah, that's fine. Anyway, I was like, is that you, Stace? <laughs> it was so good to actually just have, well, we spent the hour together. We covered off a lot of things in that hour, didn't we? <laughs> we did. It was so random. Like what are the chances of a rainy, miserable Melbourne day that I bump into at Hot Springs? Like so random. <laughs> so random. But it was so much fun and I was so glad to meet your hubby. And we spoke about business, we spoke about building houses, oh my goodness, we spoke about so much stuff in that hour. It was hilarious. But you know what? The universe obviously needed to put us together. This is so true. It was meant to be. It was was meant meant to be. be. So I want to jump into, you know, being a mum is not something that we study in school. You and I both know that. It's very much on the job learning experience, right? Do you think mums put too much pressure on ourselves to get it right, Stace? Oh my gosh, do we ever? Yes, we most definitely do. And I think it's because we want to make sure we're getting it right. And with that, we put so much huge expectation on ourselves to do it all. And it's almost like when we feel like we can't, in our mind, it's like, hang on, am I actually failing at doing this? Like, am I actually weak or am I actually, you know, incapable? And all these question marks and uncertainties can really come about 
yeah, it, it's one of those things where you're right. Like you don't get written. There's no handbook. There's no book that you can read. There's nothing that can prepare you for motherhood. Absolutely nothing. And the thing is, each child you have brings some sort of different challenge or, you know, differences to it. So yeah, you may have one child, but the second child might be completely different. And again, you're thrown into this whirlwind of going, oh my gosh, questioning yourself, questioning your worth, questioning your abilities. And it's just, it's sad. And I think it's also because we can feel really somewhat alone in the whole motherhood journey and seeking out help and seeking out, yeah, that assistance and going, you know what, I actually need I actually need some help. I can't do it on my own. That can sometimes be seen as a weakness as well. We view it as as a weakness, not that it is, because we've got, if we ask for help, I'm sure there are going to be so many people that come and, and want to deliver, you know, want to help us. But it's just, we get in our own head, don't we? Well, we get in our own head. And I think in those early, especially in the early years, you know, it becomes lonely. We've got people, our mates are still working because we're on mat leave. We might be on mat leave on our own, or we might have a business so we don't necessarily have people in the same vicinity and social networks disappear because we're just too busy right yeah very very busy and a lot of the time again like you don't want to let out all of your own worries and concerns to other people because you may think like you're being a burden on them like they don't want to hear my stuff you know they're too busy in their own lives but again it's that letting your guard down and knowing that it's okay to just vent out it's okay to express how you're feeling because there will be other people that are happy to help and happy to you know just listen because sometimes that's all you need you need someone there to actually listen to you and sometimes it's not about the advice it's just being able to actually express express how you're feeling because as you know being a mum you like you said you're day in and day out on your own and that whole feeling of being isolated and with like withdrawn from society around you you're spending most of your day with a child what kind of adult communication are you getting throughout the whole day sometimes none not until someone comes home and then you feel sometimes so exhausted to even be able to then express how you're feeling. Yeah, exactly. I think it's so important to find support. And and this is where the idea of Mummy Revival came from. Can you tell us how it started? Yeah. So basically we have a couple of gyms. So my husband and I um, have a couple of gyms and it was mainly his, I suppose, dream. Like, and I was just, I was a school teacher. So I was not even in the field of health and fitness. And then he was getting really busy and then I kind of jumped on board and then I was just literally just sailing on his dream. And I always felt like something was somewhat missing. Like I just never felt really 100% satisfied with what I was doing. Like, don't get me wrong, I loved it, but I just felt like there's something that's missing for me, like something that I want to do to be able to impact people, you know, in my own way. So uh, obviously when COVID came about, you know, she hit the fan, basically, especially for gym owners. And Mama Revival was always in the background because I just started up my own Instagram and just providing free advice for women in particular, especially mums, you know, getting back into their health and fitness. And so I was always doing that, chipping away, chipping away, but I hadn't really concentrated on it. But then when COVID came about, I was able to then really like knuckle down and just focus 
on that. So then I um, started up an online program called Mummy Revival Transformations. And yeah, it was literally about trying to help women regain control of their health and fitness, but do it in a way that was sustainable and in a way where they didn't feel like they had to completely transform their whole lifestyle. Because as we know, when you're trying to make changes to your health, to your fitness, it can somewhat be very overwhelming because there's so many mixed messages online. But also you're delving into an area which is somewhat unfamiliar. And it's like, okay, who do I trust? Who do I believe? You know, do I need to overhaul everything? Do I need to change everything? And I just wanted to really simplify it and really help women regain confidence in themselves. They can do it. Because I think when you become a mum as well, you somewhat lose yourself. And it's like, oh my gosh, who am I? What do I like? What are my passions? You know, what do I actually like? Because things change. Yeah, so I just wanted to really just go back and help women just regain control of their confidence and start understanding their own strengths. Because like I said, we, we just kind of forget who we are. I love that. I love it that you saw a gap in the market and you didn't, just because you were working with your husband and at the gym, you were like, yeah, this is good, but there's something missing for you. And now, have you found it? Was it Mummy Revival? 100%. Like the buzz that I get from helping women and just seeing, to me, it's not about the weight progress. Like it's great, obviously, when someone is losing weight and they're feeling better within their clothes and that kind of thing, but it's the transformation that they have within themselves. The fact that they are feeling so much more energetic to play with their children. They can. Like I've had women that couldn't even fit into a slide to go down the slide at the park with their kids, and now they can. Like to me, that is the best feeling. Like I get goosebumps when I hear some of the progress the women make because they're finally living life. Like they're living life on their terms instead of hiding away, instead of not being in the photos with their kids, instead of dreading summer because they don't want to be, you know, in skirts or shorts or whatever it might be. And it's those things where they're finally not hiding away and they're actually embracing experiences and they're doing things that they hadn't done for years. It's that that I really enjoy and I love more than anything. I've seen some of the transformations on both your website and your Instagram because I love your Instagram. I love all the little tips you give. So keep that up. Thank you so much. And I think that the transformations are sensational. Of course, we can only see, you know, the outside, but I can only imagine what happens on the inside to confidence and self-worth and self-esteem and all that kind of stuff. You obviously have some pretty happy campers amongst the people that you've helped, right? Yes. And I I feel, honestly, I feel so blessed that they choose me, like that they choose me to be their coach, that they feel confident that I can help them through this. And yeah, like, I mean, I have helped now hundreds, hundreds of women. And I'm just every day so grateful that I get to do what I do because I wake up with purpose. I love, like, I love my work. I don't see it as, like, I never feel like there's not a day that I wake up going, oh, my gosh, I can't be bothered doing this or, oh, I have to do this. Like, it's never I have to. It's always I get to because I am improving people's lives and there's nothing. that That's such a gift to me. That is the biggest gift that I could possibly, you know, this is my calling and that's what I truly believe. I love that. And are you still involved in the gyms? 
I've actually completely stepped away, which ah. is, yeah, so it was really scary. And I almost felt, to be honest, I felt like, am I letting Aaron down? Um, Aaron's my husband, uh, for those that don't know. But, yeah, I almost felt like, am I, because I had been part of his journey, part of Body Revival since it ever, like since its beginnings. And then I was like, wow, if I'm moving away from this, am I going to be impacting that business? But literally I haven't. Like I think it was just healthy for both of us to be able to step away. I focus on my thing. He focuses on his thing because – Working together can be hard. That then creates its own challenges, you know. And it really does. Yes. So I think it was nice that he, of course, is a great mentor to me because he's done, he's lived it himself. But it's just nice having that separation where I know exactly what I need to be doing and he is doing his own thing too. Yeah. And the interesting thing to me is he's got bricks and mortar gyms and you've got online which are actually really different marketing strategies, really different targeting strategies. How do you help each other with that kind of stuff? Yeah, it is. And it's a, it's a bit of trial and error at the end of the day. Like we, we don't really like, I honestly don't think anyone really knows what they're doing in business. I just, <laughs> I honestly think just try if it works great. If it doesn't, okay, what's another strategy. And I suppose that's what we're doing. And that's what we're never navigating. Like there are some things that did work in terms of marketing last year that have not worked this year and it's foreign. And we're like, okay, well, this isn't working. Okay. What, what can we do now? And I think it's just about Again, having that open communication, just saying, look, you know, this isn't working for me. Do you have any ideas? And then, you know, it's just that backwards and forwards. And I think with business as well, it's transforming so much now because of social media. Like social media is such a pull for business and being able to get your name out there. And if, yeah, it's a beast that you just have to keep on change, like just trialing and seeing what works and what doesn't. Yeah. I was speaking to a client yesterday and she had a great marketing system in place and then all of a sudden it stopped working. And she was like, what? So we had to pivot and try something else. And um, she tried something else. And then we gave it a few months. And then we went back to the original system, turned it back on. And Bob's your uncle. It's so weird how it works. But you just got to, you do have to try some things. And you have to have patience, I think, and a little bit of cash in the bank to try some of that stuff. Yeah, no, that's so true. And yeah, well, I think it always helps when you do have a little bit of backing in terms of finances. But yeah, you just don't know what's going to work from week to week, from month to month. And it's just, it's one of those things where you just need to keep going regardless of the outcome. You can't get discouraged if something doesn't work. You just need to keep going and just try something else. Because I think that's why a lot of people do fail in business. They get discouraged so so easily. So I think, yeah, it's just about progress, 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 and just see what, what, yeah, what the outcome is. Totally. I want to ask a question for the mums out there. Where do mums even start when it comes to health and fitness? What do you say is the starting point for them? I would say always, oh, there's so many things I could say. say, (laughs) Give me your top five then. Give me your top five. (laughs) I'm going to say, first of all, keep things really basic. I think we want to overhaul everything. And when we want to try and overhaul everything, comes overwhelm. And when we're overwhelmed, we don't follow through. So I'm like, just start with some basics. So it could simply be, okay, what could I do today or what could I do this week that is going to be one step forward from what I've done previously? You know, so if you have been going for a 15-minute walk, awesome. Maybe try and amp that up to 20 minutes, 25 minutes. So just try and 
yeah, take it step by step, baby step, baby steps, and be consistent. That is ultimately the biggest thing. And consistency is where it's at at the end of the day because you may find one week, you know, you're seeing great progress. In three weeks, something happens, you don't progress. And then sometimes that lack of progress can really dishearten someone and derail you when you go, oh my gosh, this isn't working. And that's where we start to then form those other, I suppose, unfavorable habits can then come into play. But if you just keep being consistent from day to day, from week to week, then that's where the magic happens. When you say don't overwhelm yourself, can I just ask is that about someone might come to you and go, I want to change my lifestyle. And then they go, I'm going to do this. I'm going to cut this out of my diet. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this much exercise. I'm going to do this, this, and this. And you're like, whoa, just back off, babe. Yeah. It's like they're throwing literally everything at the kitchen sink. And it's like, hang on, we don't need to literally transform everything. You don't need to change everything. Change one thing at a time because you will find that with increased movement, Already, things will start to progress for you. You know, you'll find by possibly eating properly formulated meals, like actually sit there and go, am I having like three main meals? And in those three main meals, am I containing some protein, some vegetables and some carbs and a little bit of fats? You know, like I know so many women come to me and they'll say, yeah, I have breakfast and yeah, I have dinner. But during the day, literally nothing. They're not consuming anything or they're just having coffees. It's like, no, like you actually need to eat because that's where the overeating later on in the day comes about because you're actually hungry. I know, but, you know, there's this thing where if you don't eat, you lose weight, right? It's oh, not true, is it? You, oh put your, you put your body into so such chaos when you do that. But I reckon that's a whole thing. And intermittent fasting, and fasting hasn't helped that, I don't think, right? So everyone's on the intermittent fasting bandwagon, and it's great for some body types and some personalities, and it's not so great for others. But I think the premise of it is you skip a meal or you push a meal back to later in the day, and I'm not sure that that's helping either. I just think you need to always do something that is going to work for you long term. You know, like things like intermittent fasting or and if you're the type of person that wakes up hungry in the morning, it's not going to work for you. So why set yourself up to, you know, to fail? You know, things like low carb diets. Again, if you love your carbohydrates, why would you do it? And everyone loves carbohydrates. Like they are life at the end of the day. Oh my goodness, pizza, potato, yes. give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> But I always say to someone, ask yourself, can you do this long term? If the answer is no, do not even contemplate it because it's not going to be worth it. You're not going to be able to see that longevity of results. Yeah, that's a good that's a good tip actually. If you can't maintain it, don't do it. Don't even start it. Yeah, no, don't even go down that road. I mean, since we're talking about healthy eating, you and I both know it's it can be pretty hard to juggle. Oh, the allergies, the wants, the needs of the, all the kids, partners, and look after ourselves. How do we make sure we stick to a healthy eating plan? Like, what's your tip for that? I always say, because everyone thinks in order to lose fat or to be healthy, we need to eliminate. And I always say, let's get rid of that thought process and think about what do I need to include rather than what do I need to eliminate? So, for example, if you're making, I don't know, pasta bolognese for the kids, There's no reason why you can't have pasta bolognese. Like the bolognese, protein, amazing. The pasta, carbs, amazing. So all you need to be doing is adding in some vegetables to that. So why can't you just like saute through a whole heap of veg and then that will be your meal. So again, it's not about do I need to eliminate the pasta, which so many people 
think they need to do. No, just what do I need to include to make that meal more nutritious? And that's my always my go-to. Like whatever you're cooking, always look at it and go, okay, what can I add to this to make it more nutritious for me or for the family to be consuming? So it's always like I think just changing that perspective and changing that thought pattern can really go a long, long way. Yeah, yeah, I do love that tip. Add in, don't take out. Like Yes. Because otherwise people feel ripped off, don't they? And they're like, yes. I'm, on, I'm on this forever diet or whatever. And it's just like, Ugh, you don't need to do that. And also creating meals that actually excites you. Like there's no reason why you have to have bland chicken with bland steamed vegetables and then that's your meal. No, like make meals actually excite you because when you've enjoyed a meal, you feel satisfied. And then when that satisfaction is there, you feel content. Whereas when you're eating something that maybe is lacking in flavor or something that hasn't satisfied you, you're going to continue to look around for that satisfaction, you know, to get that feeling of, yeah, I really enjoyed that meal. So really important to create meals you actually enjoy and feel satisfied with. Yeah. So I think some of the, some of the culture is that when you pair back on your eating, it also has to be bland. And I think that's a great tip. I think use seasoning, use whatever you need to use to make it, you know, feel good, but also don't pair back, actually add to it and add some healthy stuff in. What's your own daily routine? Tell us. Generally speaking, I will always wake up at five. So I love waking up early. I love trying to get a training session and a walk in before the boys wake up because then I feel like I'm good. I've already given myself as soon as I've given to myself before the day starts pretty much. And then when I get back from my walk, bang on, it's like boys, like, you know, morning routine with them, getting them to school, that kind of thing. And then generally speaking, I take classes in my studio. So I take, you know, two to three classes a day. And yeah, then it's just like the whole admin side of things, check-ins, that kind of thing. And then I'll always try and go for another walk if I can sometime during the day. But yeah, I always make sure I, you know, make the time for my breakfast, lunch and dinners and always try and be as present as I possibly can with the boys. And that's where it comes down to like having that time for myself in the morning. So then I feel like, yep, I can now give to other people. Because I think sometimes when you're always giving, 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 you always feel really depleted within yourself. And you can sometimes then lead to resentment around like with those around you because you're feeling, oh, like I haven't had time for me. Totally. And in your studio, do you train people in your studio or is your studio set up for the online stuff? No, I train people. Yeah. So I have a group of women that I like to, yeah, that, that come in and we train and they just, it's so great to see their strength improve and their confidence improve. So yeah, so rewarding in that. Oh, that's lovely. What advice do you have for mums? What's your words of encouragement for a mum listening to us going, yeah, I might need to, I might be on the edge of trying to do something? I'm going to say do your best every day, but also know that your best is going to look different from day to day. Because I think sometimes we put this expectation in our minds, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and sometimes it doesn't go to plan. And that's okay. Just as long as you've tried your best for that day. Another thing I want to say is really try and nourish yourself, like nourish your body or treat your body and respect your body in the highest way possible. Because I think sometimes we can take our body and ourselves for granted. And you know what, if you are nourishing your body in a really beautiful way, then you're showing that respect, you know, you're showing that respect for yourself. And another thing I'm going to say is, 
follow through on your promises. So if you have said, I am going to go for a 20 minute walk today, follow through and uphold that promise because the frequently you break those promises that you make to yourself, those promises don't mean anything at the end of the day. Whereas if you really uphold that promise that you've said to yourself, it's going to be harder and harder to break that. Like I know for me, if I've said, Stacey, you're going to go for a 40 minute walk, you know, on Monday, I'm going to make sure I get that 40 minute walk done. Of course, things can pop up, but really try and uphold whatever you've said because Self-promises can go a really long way in terms of just, again, that self-respect. I love that. I also think that there's probably some habits that you need to build around each of those promises, right? So if you're someone who doesn't like to get out of bed in the morning to go and do your run, you know, sleep in your active wear (laughs) or have your active wear ready, you know, like what are the little things that will help just make it a wee bit easier to get out of bed and do the things that you need to do? Yeah, look, I always say if you do struggle uh, to wait, if you do want to wake up, Because there are some people that just aren't morning people and that's okay. Like you have to take the path of least resistance. So, you know, if that is maybe going for a walk in the afternoon, amazing, do that. But I would say if you do want to start having some form of movement for the mornings, yes, getting your active wear out, putting it somewhere, amazing. Maybe putting your alarm somewhere where you actually have to get up out of bed to turn it off can always help. I always like to put my runners right at the front door. So again, I'm not trying to like find where they are. They're at the front door ready to go. I'll always pick out my podcast. So it gives me, I love podcasts, but it could be music or whatever it is. But if you've already picked that out, it always gives you that incentive. I get to listen to that podcast when I go for that walk. You know, it's something exciting to do whilst you're walking. So yeah, just try and make it as smooth as possible. So when that alarm does go off, you're ready to go. And it's going to be a smooth transition. And also, obviously, getting to bed at a reasonable time, you know, because, again, us mums can sometimes be up until 11 p.m., 12 a.m., working, watching sitcoms or whatever it might be. <laughs> I know. I know there is this thing called revenge sleep procrastination. Have you heard of it? No. It's, it's basically when you don't give yourself the time at the start of the day, so I meditate first thing before the family get up, you get up and go for your walk before the family get up. That way I don't feel resentful about having time. If there's no time in the rest of the day, I'm good. I've had my time. But there are lots of people who don't do that. And then at nighttime, they wait for everyone to go to bed and then they stay up and they procrastinate on silly things. So they go down a social media rabbit hole or whatever. Anyway, it's called sleep revenge procrastination, which I found fascinating because if you don't get enough sleep, oh, so many things go wrong. It's just a it's just a hygiene thing. And when I coach people, the first question I ask them is about what's their diet like and what's their sleep like? Because <laughs> they're the two things that really impact everything else. But anyway, sleep revenge procrastination, that's what it's called. And you could look it up. It's actually a term. And I was stunned when I found out about it. And I'm like, yay, it's got a name. It's that thing where everyone's in bed. I get some time to myself. I'm just going to check socials for five minutes. An hour later, you're like, I've really got to go to bed. Yes. And I think we're all guilty of doing it, but you almost have to, you have to have that nighttime routine. I think so many people focus on the morning routine, yet they forget about their nighttime routine. So I think if you're like, okay, my bedtime has to be 9.30 and then start winding down from 9 p.m. or whatever it might be. I know, like that term, it's a real thing. It is such a thing. We all have done it. 
Exactly. It's such a thing. Oh, it's been such a pleasure listening to you and uh, riffing with you today. You've got so many tips. Hopefully our audience has listened and if they're on the cusp of, I might need to do something, follow Stacey at Mummy Revival. Is it Mummy Revival? Is your Instagram handle, Stace? Yeah, Stacey underscore Lapira underscore Mummy Revival. There you go. Thank you, Stace. It's been so good to have you. Thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate it. That's it for this episode of Tea with the Queen. If you want to contact me directly, all my details are at my website, emmamcqueen.com.au. I look forward to your company next episode. I'm Emma McQueen. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thank you for coming.